The JCPL Radio Theater Club presents Ozma of Oz, written by Frank Baum, dramatized in two parts for radio by Neville Teller. Part one. Oh my goodness, what a storm! The sea was like a boiling cauldron. One minute our little ship was being tossed backwards and forwards like a rocking horse. The next we were climbing up the side of a huge wave then plunging down the other side as if we were on a helter-skelter. The wind howled through the rigging and the sailors had to hold fast to the ropes and railings to stop being pitched headlong into the sea. The captain ordered all the passengers onto the deckhouse. Keep brave hearts, he told us. Don't be scared and all will be well. Some of the passengers were very frightened. Not me. My name is Dorothy Gale, and I was on board with my Uncle Henry, because he's been working so hard on his Kansas farm that he had been told that a sea voyage would help him get his health back. So he left Aunt Em home to take care of the farm while he took passage on a ship bound for Australia. He took me along because I was quite the experienced traveler. I had once been carried by a cyclone all the way to the marvelous land of Oz, where I'd met with a good many adventures, so I wasn't easily frightened, and the storm didn't bother me one bit. In fact, once we were in the deck house and I had made sure Uncle Henry was all right, I snuggled down beside him and dozed off. After a while, I woke up. But when I reached for Uncle Henry, he was no longer by my side. His chair was empty. I didn't know that he'd gone to his cabin to lie down. All I remembered were Aunt Em's words before we left Kansas. Dorothy, you must look after your Uncle Henry for me. He's not well. We both want him to get better, don't we? You will watch over him, won't you? I'm relying on you, Dorothy. I couldn't imagine what had happened to Uncle Henry. So I decided to see if he'd gone up on deck. I went to the door and peered out. Uncle Henry! Uncle Henry! Where are you? I couldn't see much, so I waited for a lull in the wind, then dashed out to where a big chicken coop was, being latched to the deck with ropes. And when I looked inside the coop, I found all the chickens very frightened. But I had no sooner seized hold of the slats than the wind tore away at the rope that had held it to the deck and the chicken coop flew into the air with me still clinging onto it for dear life. Over and over we whirled, this way and that, further and further from the ship. And then suddenly the wind dropped and we dropped with it like a stone into the churning sea. When I got the water out of my eyes, I saw that the wind had ripped the cover from the coop and the poor chickens were all fluttering in all directions. I was left standing in the bottom of the big wooden box, which showed no signs of sinking. As it climbed to the top of the next big wave, I looked for the ship, but it was far, far away. Down I plunged and the next time I rose up, the ship had quite disappeared. Well, you're in a pretty fix now, Dorothy Gale. And I haven't the last idea how you're going to get out of it. Thank goodness as night went on, the wind died down and the waves quieted. I was wet, but fortunately we had reached a very warm climate, and I soon began to dry. Quite exhausted, I decided that sleep would be the best way to pass the time, so I settled in a corner of the coop and closed my eyes. 
something to eat. Yes, I'm a trifle hungry myself. Why don't you eat the egg? How dare you? What do you take me for, cannibal? Oh, I do beg your pardon, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, may I inquire your name? My name is Bill. <laughs> Bill? That's a boy's name. That's because when I was hatched, they couldn't tell what I was. The little boy on the farm called me Bill, and from then on, that's been my name. Hmm, but that's not right. If you don't mind, I'll call you Billina. The Ina makes it a girl's name, you see. Hmm, I don't mind at all. Then Billina it is. My name's Dorothy, Dorothy Gale. Dorothy to my friends and Miss Gale to strangers. You can call me Dorothy. Thank you very much. What, Dorothy? We're getting very close to the shore. We'll be landing any minute. The big wooden coop landed gently on the sandy beach. Belina flew out immediately, but I had to climb over the high slats. As soon as I was safely ashore, I took off my wet shoes and stockings and spread them on the beach to dry. Meanwhile, the yellow hen was pick-pecking away in the sand. What are you doing? Getting my breakfast, of course. But what can you find? Oh, some fat red ants, and a few sand bugs, and once in a while a crab. They're very sweet. Shall I find you one? Oh, certainly not. It all sounds disgusting. How can you eat? Live things, horrid bugs and crawly things. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What a funny thing to say. Live things are much fresher than dead ones. And you humans eat all sorts of dead creatures. We certainly do not. Of course you do. 
You eat lambs and pigs and cows, even chickens. But we cook them first. What, what difference does that make? A good deal. Oh, I almost broke my feet just now. I struck metal. Where? Show me and I'll dig it up. Right here, not very far down. Hmm. Hmm. Good heavens! A key. A large golden key. What on earth is that doing on the seashore? I wonder what it unlocks, Bellina. I don't see any houses nearby. I put the key in the pocket of my dress. My stockings and shoes were quite dry by now, so I put them on. Then Bellina and I set off to explore. As we walked up the beach toward a grove of trees, we came to a flat stretch of white sand. Scrawled in very large letters were the words, Beware of the Wheelers. Wondering who Wheelers might be, we went on and soon came to the first trees. I was hoping they might be fruit trees because I was feeling very hungry by now. Imagine my astonishment to find growing in clusters on all the branches square paper boxes. On the biggest, ripest of the boxes was the word lunch. Other branches bore tiny little boxes that were quite green and evidently not yet ready to be eaten. The leaves were all paper napkins. I stood on tiptoe and picked the biggest lunch I could see along with a few napkins. I sat down and opened it. Inside, I found all nicely wrapped up a ham sandwich, a piece of sponge cake, a pickle, and a big round apple. I ate every last bite of everything. I hope your lunch was right. Mmm, oh, perfectly. The only green thing was the pickle, and that has to be green. Now we can go and explore some more. Have you any idea what country this is? Hmm, not at all, but I'm quite sure it's a magical land, or lunchboxes wouldn't be growing on trees. And if we were in a civilized place, like Kansas, a yellow hen like yourself wouldn't be able to talk. Perhaps we're in the land of Oz. I'm sure we're not. I've been to Oz, and it's nowhere near the sea. It's surrounded by desert. This must be some other magical country. Come on, let's walk up this way. We'd only gone a short distance when from a path leading from the trees emerged the most peculiar person I'd ever seen. Dressed in brightly colored clothes, it seemed like a man, except it was on all fours, and instead of hands and feet, its arms and legs ended in wheels. Using these wheels, it rolled very swiftly. I ran. Looking over my shoulder, I saw a great procession of wheelers emerging from the trees. Dozens and dozens of them all clad in splendid garments and rolling swiftly towards us. <gasps> They're sure to catch us! I can't run much faster, Bolina! Run! Come on this hill! Quick! Uh, uh, follow me! Oh dear! Oh dear! It's all right now. 
You can slow down. Look, they're all down there at the bottom. They can't roll up this hill with all these rocks. Oh, thank goodness. I just need to sit for a moment and catch my breath. We'll get you in the end. You can be sure of that. And what do we do? We'll tear you into bits. But why? What harm have I done? You stole a lunchbox from one of our trees. The punishment is death. Don't believe him. I'm sure those trees don't belong to these awful creatures. They're just looking for trouble. I think you're right. Let's ignore them. I vote we go on up the hill to the very top. Wow, there's a lovely view up here, but not much else. What about that rock? What about it? There's a crack there. Doesn't it look like a door cut into the middle of it? It runs up one side and down the other. Oh, yes, isn't, isn't this a keyhole? Billina, I wonder if the key we found on the seashore will fit it. Why not try? It's very dim in here. Good gracious, what on earth is that? It looks like a little man to me. So it is. And he's made of copper. He's all jointed and hinged. He's just like the old kettle in the barnyard at home. I once knew a man made of tin, but he was alive. This one isn't. Oh, look, Belina, there's a note hanging around his neck. Well, go on, what does it say? You don't have to tell me. I can't read. It says, this is a mechanical man operated by clockwork. He thinks, speaks, acts and does everything but live. Manufactured by Smith and Tinker at Ivana Land of Ev. Well, that's where we must be then, the Land of Ev. Wait a minute, there are some instructions. For thinking, wind keyhole one. For speaking, wind keyhole two. For walking and action, wind keyhole three. And here's the key. Well, start with keyhole one. Nothing is happening. Oh, of course it isn't. He's just thinking. I wonder what he's thinking. I'll wind up keyhole two. Perhaps he'll tell us. little girl. Good morning, Miss Hen. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. I thank you for rescuing me. Don't mention it. How did you come to be locked up in a place like this? Well, I was once owned by the cruel king of Ev. His name was Ev Aldo. 
he was the most intemperate man. Once, in a fit of rage, he sold his wife and his ten children, five boys and five girls, to the Gnome King. After a bit, he calmed down and tried to buy them back, but the Gnome King refused. Somehow, the king blamed me. He locked me up in this rock, threw the key in the ocean, jumped in after it, and drowned. How very dreadful! Yes, indeed. After a while, I just ran down, like a clock that isn't wound. Until you rescued me, that is. I'm very pleased I did. So we are in the land of Ev, are we? We are indeed. Well, I'd better wind up your actions. Yes, please. Oh, thank you so much. From this time forth, I am your obedient servant. Whatever you command, I will do. If you keep me wound up, of course. Excuse me, but would you please tell me what you're called? My name is Tick-Tock. You don't strike, do you? Oh, no. I don't alarm people either. But as I never sleep, I can wake you at any time you like. That's nice, but I don't like to be woken up. You can sleep until I lay my egg. Then when I cackle, TikTok will know it's time to wake you. Do you lay your egg very early? 8 a.m. on the dot. And everyone should be up by then, shouldn't they? TikTok, can you help us escape from these rocks? The wheelers are down below, you know, and they're threatening to kill us. Oh, there's no need to be afraid of the wheelers. Why not? Because they are... Oh, oh dear, what on earth happened? Well, he's run down, of course. You couldn't have wound him up very tight. Oh, well, I'd better do better this time. Great cowards, really. Pardon? The wheelers. They're great cowards. They try to make people believe they're very terrible. But if I had a club in my hands, they'd run away as soon as they saw me. Do you have a club? No. Oh, then what shall we do? Wind up my think works more tightly and I'll try to devise a plan. All right. The best thinker I ever knew was a scarecrow. Nonsense. It's true. I met him in the land of Oz. He came with me on a journey to the great wizard of Oz to get some brains because his head was only stuffed with straw. But his thinking was just as good before he got his brains as afterwards. 
I don't believe all that rubbish about the land of Oz. It's all true. In the land of Oz, anything is possible because it's a fairy country. There, Belina. See, do you know the land of Oz, TikTok? No, but I've heard about it because there is only a desert separating it from the land of Ev. Oh, how wonderful. So I'm quite close to my old friend, the Scarecrow. He's the king of Oz now, you know. He was. Then he was deposed by a soldier woman named Ginger. And then Ginger was deposed by a little girl called Ozma. She was the true heir to the throne. And now she rules the kingdom under the title Ozma of Oz. What a lot has happened there since I left. Now I'll take you to the town of Evan. Follow me down the hill and I'll deal with the wheelers. Don't be afraid. knew a lion who thought he had no courage. Here she goes again. I suppose it was the land of Oz. It was, as a matter of fact. I wonder what's become of him. He was such a lovely fellow. I don't believe a word of it. This way, uh, this way, we're nearly out of the woods. Come on. There. Oh, my word. What a pretty scene. Green fields and fruit trees. And oh, over there is that. Just look at those farms. It reminds me of home. Never mind the farms. It's the palace over there we need to make for. That's where I used to live. It's all very beautiful. Those fountains and the spires all sparkling in the sun. Come on, let's get closer. There's a notice stuck to this door. Come on, Dorothy, read it. It says, 
Owner absent. Please knock at the third door in the left wing. Come on, then. Let's do it. Good day. Do you wish to see Princess Languideer? Why? Uh, does she live here? Of course. Then yes, we should like to see her. I'll tell her you're here, miss. Step in, please, and take a seat in the drawing room. Not you, yellow hen. Shoo! Right, see yourself. What manners? Oh, you can talk, can you? Where's a silly question? Get out of the way. Oh, all right. But I don't think the princess will like it. This way, in there. What name shall I give? I'm Dorothy Gale of Kansas. This gentleman is a machine called TikTok, and the yellow hen is my friend, Billina. I won't be long. Excuse me, your highness. What do you think of the head I'm wearing today, Nanda? It's very attractive, your highness. The hazel eyes go very well with the auburn hair. That's what all the mirrors tell me. This head looks very well from every angle. And yet, I've grown rather tired of it. I think I'll choose another for this afternoon. As you wish, your highness. What is it you want anyway? Uh, you have company, your highness. Really? Who? A Dorothy Gale of Kansas, a Mr. TikTok, and uh, Belina. What a strange lot of names. I suppose I'd better go see them, but not with this head on. I'll go to my boudoir first and put on number 17. I think that's the very best of all, don't you? Oh, your number 17 is exceedingly beautiful, your highness. Now, I must explain to you that Princess Languideer had 31 heads, one for each day in the longest month. Of course, she could only wear one head at a time because she only had one neck. Each head was kept in its own little cupboard and each cupboard had a gold number on it. The heads were all very beautiful, but all very different. Different complexions, different colored hair, different shaped noses, eyes, and mouths. When Nanda and the princess came to cupboard 17, Languideer took the ruby key, which she always carried around her left wrist, and unlocked the door. She handed head number nine, which she had been wearing, to Nanda, then carefully lifted out head number 17 and fitted it onto her neck. There was only one problem with number 17. The temper that went with it was fiery, harsh, and haughty in the extreme, and it often led the princess to do unpleasant things, which she regretted when it came time to wear her other heads. Very lovely, your highness. 
I am, aren't I? Well, let's go meet our visitors. Oh, I thought someone of importance had called. Then you are quite right. I am a good deal of importance myself. And when Belina lays an egg, she has the proudest cackle you've ever heard. And as for TikTok, he's the most silence. How dare you annoy me with your senseless chatter? Come here, girl. Closer. Yes, you're quite attractive. Not at all beautiful, you understand, but reasonably pretty and certainly quite different from my other heads. I'll take your head and give you number 26 for it. You certainly won't. There's no point in protesting. I need your head for my collection. In the land of heads, my will is law. Head 26 is very lovely. I don't care. I'll keep my own head, thank you very much. You refuse? I do. Captain, carry that girl to the North Tower and lock her up. It so happened at just that moment, TikTok's clockwork ran down. Some of the soldiers led me to a high tower and locked me up. But when the others tried to lift TikTok, he was so heavy that they couldn't lift him. So they left him standing in the center of the drawing room. People will think I have a new statue. Nanda can keep him polished. Oh, and take that head and put her in the chicken house. Someday I'll have her fried for breakfast. That night, Nanda brought me bread and water for my supper, and I slept on the hard stone floor of my cell. Next morning, I leaned out the window of my prison, high up in the tower. To the east, I could see the forest, and beyond it, the ocean. Westward, and just a little way from the palace, the fertile land of Ev suddenly ended, and I could see miles and miles of sandy desert stretching far into the distance. This, I realized, was the desert separating the land of Ev from the land of Oz. Thinking about my old friends in Oz and wishing I could tell them how much I needed their help, I suddenly saw something on the distant horizon, something like a cloud speeding toward me. As it got nearer, I saw it was a broad green carpet unrolling itself across the desert. While advancing across the carpet was a wondrous procession. First came a golden chariot drawn by a lion and a tiger trotting shoulder to shoulder. And I saw at once that the lion was my old friend, the cowardly lion. Behind the chariot stretched a great cavalcade, among whom I recognized my old friends, the scarecrow and the tin man, along with a parade of soldiers and many others. Standing inside the chariot was a beautiful girl in flowing robes with a jeweled tiara on her head. In one hand, she held reins made of satin, and in the other, an ivory wand separated into two prongs. One bore the letter O and the other Z, both made of glistening diamonds. I guessed at once that she must be the ruler of Oz whom TikTok 
had told me about, none other than Ozma of Oz. As soon as the very last soldier in the procession has, had reached the land of Ev, the magic carpet rolled itself up and disappeared. I could no longer keep silent. I'm here! It's me, Dorothy, up here! Dorothy who? Dorothy Gale, of course, your friend from Kansas. Good heavens. Hello, Dorothy. What on earth are you doing up there? I'm a prisoner. I'm locked up. Well, look at it this way. You might be worse off. At least you can't drown or fall out of an apple tree. Some folks would think that you were lucky to be up there. Well, I don't. I want to get down immediately and see you and the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion. Hello, Dorothy. Do you know who I am? Aren't you Asma of Oz? Indeed, I am. Now tell me, who locked you up? The Princess Languideer. She's horrid. And why does she lock you up? Because I wouldn't let her have my head for her collection. I don't blame you. Don't worry, Dorothy. We'll have you out of there soon. I'll go and see the princess myself this very minute. Ozma of Oz! How dare you enter my palace without an invitation! You and your soldiers, leave at once! I did not come here to harm you, Princess Longwoodir. I came to free the royal family of Ev from the clutches of the Gnome King. As you know, he is keeping the queen and her ten children prisoners. Oh! Well, then I do hope you can free my aunt and cousins. Then I can hand the kingdom over to them and be free of all this worry and trouble. Do you know I have to devote ten minutes of each day to the affairs of state? Ten minutes! That's ten minutes I can be spending admiring my beautiful heads. I'll certainly discuss how to liberate them shortly. But first, you must free another prisoner. The little girl you have locked up in your tower. Oh, of course. I'd forgotten all about her. <laughs> that, that all happened yesterday. You can't expect a princess to remember what she did yesterday. Come with me. I was very surprised when the princess and Ozma appeared at the door of my prison. They took me all the way down the tower and back to the drawing room. The first thing I did was rush into the arms of the scarecrow and then the tin man hugged me, but not too tight. The next thing I did was to wind up TikTok so he could bow properly when introduced to the rest of the company. Oh, I've just remembered. Where's Belina? Who's Belina? She's a yellow hen who's another friend of mine. She's in the chicken house in the backyard. My drawing room is no place for chickens. Then I must go rescue her at once. I won't be long. Just outside the door, I came upon the cowardly lion. Oh, cowardly lion, I'm so glad to see you again. Oh, ditto, Dorothy. We've had some fine adventures together, haven't we? We certainly have. How are you? No, 
as, as cowardly as ever. Every little thing scares me. But, but let me introduce a new friend of mine, the Hungry Tiger. Oh, are you hungry? Dreadfully, dreadfully hungry. Then why don't you eat something? Useless. Useless. No matter how much I eat, I stay just as hungry as before. Hungry I was born. Hungry I shall die. You poor thing. Yes, I am a poor sort of tiger. It's the nature of tigers to be cruel and ferocious and to pounce on any living thing and devour it. But I have a conscience and I never eat harmless living creatures. I'm acting like no tiger has ever acted before. That's why I left the forest and joined my friend, the cowardly lion. Well, I think that's very wonderful of you. Now, I simply must go and rescue my friend Belina. I'll see you both again very soon. May I present my good friend, Belina. How do you do? As I have already remarked, I do not usually approve of heads in my drawing room. However, I might make an exception for a talking head. Ugh. Ozma, is the whole of your army composed of officers? All except one. In my army, I have eight generals, six colonels, seven majors, and five captains. And there is one private for them to command. Offers officers lend dignity to our army. I'm sure you're right. And now we will hold a solemn conference to decide how we are going to liberate the royal family of this fair land of Ed from their long imprisonment. Yes, Tin Man? Just to set the background, word came to our noble ruler, Ozma of Oz, that the widow of the former king of Ev, together with her ten children, uh, five boys and five girls, had been enslaved by the Gnome King and were being held prisoner in his underground palace. Uh, since there was no one in Ev powerful enough to release them, uh, Ozma naturally wanted to help. Uh, a friendly sorceress named Glinda presented Ozma with a magic carpet, which would continually unfold beneath our feet making a comfortable path across the desert, which divides our two countries. And so, here we are. My <clears throat> uncle, Evaldo, was a very wicked man. He sold his wife and children to the Gnome King. The fact that he regretted what he had done and drowned himself makes no difference to me. I quite agree. The Gnome King must be made to give up his prisoners. Where are they being held? No one knows exactly. What we do know is that the king whose name is Roquat of the Rocks is the ruler of the underground world. He has a splendid palace underneath the great mountain to the north of this kingdom. It's rumored that he's transformed the queen and her children into ornaments that he uses them to adorn his magnificent living quarters. Good gracious me! That's the rumor. 
I cannot vouch for it. One thing is clear. We must visit this King Roquant of the Rocks in his own country. It will be a dangerous undertaking. But we must do it for the sake of the prisoners. Mustn't we, Scarecrow? We shall do it. Although it requires a lot of courage for me to go near the furnaces of the Gnome King. Furnaces? Yes. Thousands and thousands of gnomes toil away day and night at their furnaces, making gold and silver and diamonds and rubies. But we will go, <laughs> even though I'm only stuffed with straw and a uh, single spark could destroy me. <clears throat> How brave you are. The furnaces could also melt my tin, but I am going too. And you are just as brave, Tin Man. Of course you are. I can't bear the heat. So I shall stay at home. But I do wish you success in your enterprise, and I'm heartily sick of ruling this stupid kingdom. I need more leisure so I can admire my beautiful heads. <laughs> we don't need you. If I can't succeed with all my brave followers, then for you to undertake the journey would be useless. How very true. So if you'll excuse me, I'll now retire to my boudoir. I've worn this head for quite a while, and I'm tired of it. I want to change it. Dorothy, will you be coming with us? Of course. Me and all my friends. I wouldn't miss this for anything. You'll come, won't you, TikTok? I am your slave, Dorothy. Where you go... I go. And you, Belina? Right, to be sure. Then, for the rest of today, we will prepare ourselves for the journey. Make sure everyone gets to bed early and has a good rest. We start for the Kingdom of the Gnomes at daybreak tomorrow. This has been a production of JCPL's Radio Theater Club. Dorothy was played by Katherine Hawes. Belina was played by Nike Garland. Ozma was played by Nike Garland. TikTok was played by Adam Higginbottom. Scarecrow was played by Spencer Kingsley. Lion was played by Adam Higginbottom. Tiger was played by Spencer Kingsley. The Tin Man was played by Adam Higginbottom. Aunt M was played by Nike Garland. Princess Languadier was played by Spencer Kingsley. The Butler was played by Adam Higginbottom. The Wheeler was played by Adam Higginbottom. Music licensing was by Shutterstock. Check our podcast page for part two of Ozma of Oz.